Brendan, I'm going to I'm going to try out a new character for our bonus episode oh, tonight. Oh, good. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome, Samurai Jack enthusiasts, to the comic book show. Is it a fucking Critcholite? Uh, it's just kind of, I was kind of doing like a comic book nerd. Uh, it's okay. almost Critcholite, but Critcholite's a little more like... Uh, it's cri- it's like Oh, Critcholike is a yeah. really good adjective. Do you like that? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a descriptor. You would think with all of the reading we just did, we would know what type of word that that was. Yeah, well, they didn't really go over that in the comic, so I'm not really sure. They just kept saying everything sucks and damn. (laughs) Damn hell. (laughs) I don't know if there was any hell. I don't think there was Um, any hell. Just a lot of sucks and damn. And then some (laughs) some, uh, symbols to denote somebody swearing, but without actually saying what it is. Brendan, you're getting too far ahead of yourself. (laughs) I often do. Now... Uh, no one out there would ever say that this podcast is not a thorough covering of the Samurai Jack experience. If anyone out there was to say such a thing, uh, we would invite you on the show to defend yourself, but we would tear you down with our words. Yeah, and then maybe with our fists. Probably also with our fists, if we could figure out where you were, Yeah, uh, we would come and kind of yeah clean your clock. <laughs> and how to work those damn things. <laughs> Uh, but nobody would say such a thing about our show uh, because this is we are covering Samurai Jack from top to bottom. Oh, yeah. That includes the Samurai Jack comic book series, which is something we've talked about a little bit in the past. Knowing knowing that it existed is pretty much the extent yep. to which we've talked about. That's it. that's where it was. We're getting into the new content. So everything forward from here is pretty much new for me. Yeah. I mean, this, 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 is, this kicks it off. This particular episode will also be new stuff for me, too. Um, but yeah, we we have moved past what was the original run of Samurai Jack from seasons one to four, ending in 2004. And uh, going forward, you know, we'll be talking about season five in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not all that they did with this intellectual property. Uh, there was money to be made in other forms of media. <laughs> God damn it, they were going to make it. The brand is strong, Brendan. The brand <laughs> is strong. Long live the brand. Yeah. We're real company men around here. <laughs> yeah, please. Uh, I'm for the board. You know, the board <laughs> needs, they've, they're taking a lot of flack these days, but, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, they got it rough. Uh, it's tough out there for board members, um, but we're going to do them a solid today. We're going to talk about the Samurai Jack comic book series. Are we talking about all of the Samurai Jack comic books? Not really. Um, so here's the deal. Uh, I'm going to run you through, Brendan. Let's let's kind of get into the context of, of what we're, we're talking about today. All right. So originally in, announced in 2013, uh, there was a partnership between Cartoon Network and the comic book company uh, IDW Publishing. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them at all. I am not, nope. Well, I am a little bit now, but I... <laughs> Otherwise, familiar no. with what we're about to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan, are you much of a comic book guy kind of in your own life? Not really. I read uh, everything by Jonan Vazquez, who is the creator of Invader Zim. I read all of his okay. comics, uh, and that's pretty much it. Maybe like The Watchmen and a, a couple other ones, but no, I've never been huge into comics. 
Did you read the Invader Zim graphic novels? I think there were those. I uh, Yeah, there were. Uh, I have one of them. But at the time they were coming out, my local comic shop wasn't carrying them. Uh, and I really wanted them physically if I was going to have them. I don't I'm not huge into like digital comic books and that sort of thing. Uh, so I didn't end up getting them uh, because okay. there wasn't enough interest in the area for them to stock them. That's fair. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. We've got some decent comic book shops in our area uh, here in New Hampshire. Shout out to Jetpack Comics in wonderful Rochester, New Hell Hampshire. Yeah. Um, I am also not like a huge comic book reader. Kind of what I do is maybe like every six months or so, I remember that I own a Microsoft Surface Pro. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey, what's going on in the world of comic books? And I'll search like <laughs> best comic books 2022. Oh, hell yeah. Like, look at lists from like all these websites of their recommendations. Got you reading Saga. I have read like seven volumes of Saga. People so seem to like that one. It's quite good, mm-hmm. I would say. That's what I've heard. Yeah, I that's that's one I've read. I've read a lot of um, licensed stuff. Uh, I don't like... I, I feel like I don't dip my toes too much into like the classic like Marvel or DC kind mm-hmm. of. I'll, I'll mess around with those a little bit if I know there's like a particular run that's supposed to be like yeah, really really like good. A good arc. Right, I'll do something like that. But a lot of the time I'm reading like <laughs> I mean the Samurai Jack comic books, which we're going to talk about now. Although <laughs> this was my first time reading those, but also I have like the collections of like the Avatar: The Last Airbender graphic novels that Ooh. came out after that show ended. Which I know may surprise you. Yeah. Is that a continuation of the series or just a retelling? It is. It's it's a continuation. That's kind of um, cool. I think there's also like some prequels and stuff like that. I don't know. There's, it's a long, varied history. It's all over the as place. As far as it goes. Um, the Star Wars comic books, I've read a lot of those. Not in recent years, but I feel like around like seven-ish, eight-ish years ago, I read kind of the mm-hmm. ones that were coming out then. Like the Darth Vader ones were really good. Um, they had a lot of spinoffs with like new characters, which were pretty good. Like, uh, is his name Skippy, the uh, the force sensitive R two unit? Yeah, that's a th- that is a thing. I know what you're talking about. I didn't read that one, but I know exactly. Yeah, what you're talking and then about. there's one that's like a a story about Jar Jar Binks's father. He's like a, <laughs> oh, a sea captain or something. <laughs> Father Binks. Ooh, that was ah, cool. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Thinking about it now, I've read I've read a good amount of things. Uh, I had a boss that would lend me things like uh, Starman, which I believe is a DC property. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty good. Preacher, I read that. That was pretty good. Okay. Uh, and I've read Bone, which is like a classic adventure series. Classic, of yeah, course. I really liked that one. Um, so I, I've, maybe I've read more than I'm able to just rattle off at once, but... So you and me are, are we're, we're comic book appreciators. Yeah, yeah, I would say that we have dabbled in the arts, but are not yeah like hardcore mm-hmm. comic book readers in the way a lot of people out there are. Average comic enjoyers. Yes, we we will pick one up every now and then. Um, it sounds like you're more on the physical 
mm. book side. I am much more on the digital book side. It's just much easier for me, and I don't it is, yeah. need that that sort of physical book, but I totally understand why people do. So, like, when it comes to, like, that argument, I really just don't care. You know, whatever you want to do. Yeah, and I mean, I read these Samurai Jack ones digitally, and the app on my phone actually kind of had this cool thing going on where it would zoom in on a panel, and you could swipe, and it would do, like, cinematic swipes to the next panel. Yeah. And that was kind of fun, but also sometimes it skipped over portions of the pictures. Yeah. You uh, kind of like need to do that and then like zoom out once to see like the yeah, whole context. Which of is what you're kind of at. annoying, I think. There was only one time where I noticed that it skipped over something or twice that I noticed it skipped over something I wanted to see. OK. Um, but otherwise, I thought it was kind of neat. So that's our kind of personal histories with comic books. But neither of us had ever read the Samurai Jack comics, which we're about to talk about. Um, but yeah, like, like I said, it was a partnership between Cartoon Network and IDW Publishing, who they do a lot of different licensed stuff. Um, that's kind of their main bag. Um, but this partnership I was reading, they kind of did more than just Samurai Jack. Uh, they also did like a Powerpuff Girls comic. I don't know how many of them. Um, they did a Dexter's Lab comic. So far, all all Gendy Tartakovsky joints, I believe. <laughs> What about Ben 10? That's also on the list. Uh, that is not uh, Tartakovsky, I don't believe. Not That's as far as we know. Another fake anime. <laughs> I wouldn't know anything about it. Um, but yeah, uh, Gendy Tartakovsky, he's he's credited in all of these books as like the original creator of Samurai Jack. Yeah. But seemingly he was not directly involved with like writing any of these comics? Yeah, that's what I got from it, too. Yeah, it's, it seems like he he didn't really have... Maybe he had to, like, sign off on something, but I don't even think he did. Well, um, I would I would hope that he at least had some say, because these do touch on some pretty, like, deep lore issues that, that have a lot of implications for the whole thing. For sure, yeah. And if you read some of, like, the afterwards by, like, the original, the authors, they're like, they've really trusted us to, like, lean in some yeah. directions here. Um, so yeah, he may, maybe he, yeah, had his eye on it, but was not actively involved. The, the main comic book series, which we'll be discussing today was written by, uh, Jim Zub, who, uh, has worked on a lot of different projects before, including a lot of like Marvel stuff. Mm. Um, this is all information I got from the website Wikipedia. Ooh, a trusted source in information. Not sure if you're familiar with the website wikipedia yeah they email me sometimes mostly asking for money frustrating don't give it to them they don't deserve <laughs> it um it's written by jim zub and uh illustrated by andy suriano who actually worked as a designer on the original samurai jack cartoon so oh, that's he's, interesting he's samurai jack og yeah, I think that's kind of interesting because a lot of the the art styles jump around in the comic. Like a it, lot, yeah. They each issue will place. have a different art style. Yeah, I I don't know if he was one hundred percent responsible for all of the illustration. I don't think so. Um, and there are yeah, pr definitely some points that I think we'll talk about where you notice that it does stray a little bit. Yeah, but yeah, those were the credited author and illustrator. Um, these comics. They continue the story of Samurai Jack after season four, mm -hmm. but are not considered canonical in any way, shape or form, especially after, you know, they returned to this show in season five. I think that's kind of a bummer, actually. I was hoping that some of what they touch on here would have been relevant going forward. 
um, yeah, carry some of that into like the actual universe, which is something I feel like like the Star Wars comic book series might have done a little bit. And mm-hmm. like some of them, I mean, obviously a lot of them, <laughs> the Marvel stuff is based on the comics. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think until Disney took over Star Wars, everything was considered canon, like all of the books and, and comics oh, yeah. and stuff. I'm pretty sure George Lucas signed off and was just like, yeah, if you have been given uh, permission to do this, it is canon in the world of Star Wars. They really locked that shit down mm-hmm. when Disney took over. Oh, yeah, they completely the, the wiped brand. it. Anything that Disney hasn't since reestablished, you can consider non-canon. Brennan, I just started reading the Heir to the Empire book series. Ooh, I haven't read any of the Star Wars books. Well, I one, but... It's got Admiral Thrawn in it. I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't really either, but it's supposed <laughs> to be a big deal, so I hope I, en- I, hope I enjoy it. Well, damn. Um, <laughs> anyway... Um, yeah, this main Samurai Jack comic series was originally supposed to be one five-issue miniseries, um, but it was so popular with the fan base that they expanded it out and ultimately did release 20 issues mm-hmm. um, across four different compiled volumes that were eventually released as like an omnibus compilation, Yep, um, which is titled Samurai Jack Tales of the Wandering Warrior. That's a good title. Yeah, kind of a good summation of every single thing that's ever happened on Samurai Jack. Yeah, uh, it did confuse me, though, when I was trying to find out which comics I was supposed to be reading, where I had to ask you, hey, there's five of these damn things, but only four of them are numbered. What's happening here? The classification is a little wonky. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, kind of everything that we're talking about today is under the umbrella of the Tales of the Wandering Warrior, which was, this was not the only comics that they did release for Samurai Jack. They did two other one-off miniseries that were released later. Um, one called Samurai Jack Quantum Jack, which was released in 2017, which is the same year as season five. Oh, wow. Uh, and also Samurai Jack Lost Worlds, which came out in 2019. Um, oh, so after not- season five? Yeah, yeah, after season five. Um, And I we're not going to talk about either of those in depth today. I did go ahead and read both of those just because I was curious. And uh, they're definitely good reads that I think are worth your time. Yeah, I'll probably check Um, them out. Yeah, they, again, like totally not canonical, um, but they're kind of fun, like side, like diversions for Samurai Jack. Um, I feel like Lost Worlds is a little more faithful to like an actual Samurai Jack story, whereas Quantum Jack is like literally sending Jack into like different dimensions and like putting him in different fun, like unique, like stereotypical movie scenarios and stuff. Like in one of them, he's like part of like a five team thing and like a Pacific Rim kaiju. Oh, my God. Um, that sounds pretty yeah. cool, actually. <laughs> which is really fun to think about Jack being like a member of something like that, which is cool. Um but yeah, that's those are those are fun reads to be sure, but we are not going to talk about them today. We are instead talking about the main Tales of the Wandering Warrior series. Brendan, are Hell you ready yeah. to do it? I'm ready. Okay. We're going to do it. The way this is going to work, <laughs> there are 20, like we said, there are 20 different issues. Uh I have written very brief, very brief, very 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 brief. <laughs> summaries. Some of them more brief than others. Some of them need a little more uh, leg work. Yeah, well, some of the comics could be described in a sentence. Absolutely. 
Most of these summaries, I think, are two sentences, so <laughs> we won't spend too much time. Uh, but well, I'll kind of read those out, and then we'll uh, just go over our thoughts on each one. I have no clue how long this is going to take, but I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah, we'll find out. We're going to find out starting right now. Watcha. So, <laughs> yes, the sound effect to lead us into the next segment. <laughs> uh, here we go. So, like we said before, these are split into four different volumes of five issues each. Mm -hmm. um, the first volume is titled The Threads of Time, uh, which is, I feel like, one of two volumes in here that have, like, a consistent storyline that carries out from, like, the first issue all the way through the fifth issue. Yes, and uh, both of those, I actually feel like the same storyline. Yeah, they kind of feel like they bleed into each other. Yeah, which is uh, good. those two feel the most like the story continued and less the least like just kind of here's some more stuff Jack did. Isn't that fun? I feel like these could have been fun, like multi part. Maybe if they made like two part episodes of these in the TV show itself. Yeah, that would have it would have felt. Yeah, like in place if it was that that kind of thing. Um. So let's go ahead and start with this one. The Threads of Time, uh, which released uh, between October 2013 and February 2014. So here we go, Brendan. Okay. It's time to talk about comic books. Let's do it. Issue number one. This one's going to take a little more explaining because it kind of sets up the next five issues. Yep. <laughs> so here we go. Uh, so Jack is seeking out an old mystic named Sewell the Seer. Is that how you read it? I believe so, yeah. I kept going back and forth between soul and soul. It's the word soul with an E at the end of it. We're going to say soul. Yep. That works for me. Okay. Soul it is. Uh, soul the seer, and soul tells Jack of this magical artifact called the Threads of Time. And uh, the gods who made the universe marked time with a golden rope, which was called the Rope of Eons. Mm -hmm. uh, and Aku wanted to learn... The Mysteries of Time Travel and Stole This Rope, which is kind of interesting right off the bat because it's like, is this where Aku learned the spell that cast Jack into the future? That's the implication that I took away from it. Yeah, that this is this is where he got that ability and potentially also why he doesn't still do it. Yeah, because the rope maybe n it, it no longer exists in its full form. Mm -hmm. um, but if that is the case, then that. It, it means that he, Aku, must have gotten this rope sometime between taking over the city and and it, sometime during Jack's training montage as a yeah. boy. And maybe that's why he wasn't hunting him down full force. Too busy looking for the rope of eons. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Aku did find the rope. And once he was done with it, he shredded it up into strands uh, but some of those strands were kind of left behind in the world, which these are the ones known as the threads of time. Mm -hmm. And Sewell tells Jack if he's able to find one of these threads, just a single one, it will pull him towards the rest of them. And then he tells Jack he can rewind the rope and rewind his place in time, which Ooh, is a good line. See what they did there? Yeah. Uh Okay, so now I'm going to get into my brief summary. So here we go. <laughs> uh, 
the first thread is in the position of a gruff spider who runs an underground gladiator pit, which Jack stumbles into and takes on all opponents at once. Mm-hmm. He easily defeats them all and claims the thread as his prize. Yep, that's what happens. Brendan, th- thoughts on issue number one? I really liked the character Thern the Thorny, who is just a giant cactus yeah. man. I thought he was a lot of fun. And was that also the one with the spiky guy who kept saying that he's the best and kept like trying to ram Jack with his head? Yeah, that was a good character. That was one too. of the other gladiators in there. There was also a gladiator, uh, which was named Robutinsky, yep. the butt blaster. The butt blaster. Yep. I almost wrote that one down, but I knew that you'd have it covered. <laughs> who shot <laughs> some sort of weapon out of his butt. <laughs> yep. And I think this issue is one of the first instances of their onomatopoeia being like snickety snack, slippity slip. Like they do that sort of thing the entire series. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on with this like sound effect? Garbage. There's some phenomenal sound effects that are in some later issues. Don't worry, Brendan. I definitely wrote down some of my favorites, so don't even worry oh, about thank it. thank God. Yeah, the uh, spider that runs this gladiator pit has six eyes, and one of them is covered with an eye patch, which I think is very funny. Yep. Um, it's also interesting. They set up right away. There's lots of internal monologue from Jack that's mm-hmm. in this issue, which kind of carries out throughout the rest of the entire comic series. I feel like it does. Yep. Um, I'm not. Although sometimes the internal monologue sounds like it might be coming from a different voice. Like yeah, there are certain issues where it's like it feels like it's written all the same, but it sounds like this one's three different characters. Yeah. In this series, I think the rope is talking to him sometimes. Yes, that is true. It's kind of neat, though. But there are definitely some instances where we can tell it's Jack, which is fun because, like, rarely on the actual TV show do we get to know, like, Jack's own thoughts mm. unless he, like, voices them out loud, which he does sometimes which he does, he's just yeah. talking to himself. <laughs> uh, but he gets, yeah, kind of really in-depth into, like, how he's reading each, each situation, which is, like, a fun insight into his mind, yeah, I feel like. for sure. Um, so that's issue number one. Issue number two. Here we go. Uh, the thread pulls Jack to a dusty town run by two cat demon martial artists known as Dis and Dat, or collectively Dis-Dat, mm-hmm. uh, who defeat him with perfectly synchronized moves. Jack's thread reveals to him that they have threads of time woven into their shirts, so he returns to the town, severs their bond, defeats them, and takes their shirts. I don't have many thoughts on this one. It was fun. Yeah, I don't really. This either. is the first time that a character says that something sucks. I think dis, yes. one of them, one of them dis or dat says that Jack sucks. They say you suck, stupid man. Yeah, uh, which was surprising for me. Like, it's not a hard swear. It's not. I wouldn't even really consider it a swear. But when I was little, it was a bad word that I wasn't supposed to say. That's like when they said that Donkey Kong was one hell of a guy. Yeah. And you went, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Am I supposed to be playing this? Mom. (laughs) I need an adult. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was just weird because the the show never went anywhere near that. No. Uh, But the the comic does it a few times. Yeah. Multiple beloved characters that we know from the TV show. Yeah. Say suck. And it's like when... They like bold the letters so you yeah. can tell they're really leaning There's into saying suck. On that word, yeah. Yeah. Suck. <laughs> um, 
It's funny that like that was probably like the most rope they were given was like you can say this, but you can't say like any worse cusses. Can't say ass or hell. No. Piss. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed that as well. Um, okay, that is issue number two. Issue number three. This is one of the weirdest ones, mm-hmm. I feel like, of the entire series. You're about to tell me. I was going to ask you which one it is, but like, I'll just let you do it. <laughs> it's a little bit of a longer summary because I have no notes. Here we go. Jack arrives at an ancient Greek village run by a friendly and hospitable hunk named Glower the Great. Yep. Who is very passionate about his village and his people. Uh, when Aku destroyer beetle drones attack the village, Glower hides and holds his golden necklace as Jack jumps into fight and fucking dies. Yeah, I actually have written here on my notes, Jack fucking dies. <laughs> <laughs> he gets stabbed through the chest by these Aku destroyer beetle drones, which I didn't even know was possible. Yeah. So this goes back to that conversation we were having where like those things always seemed like so wimpy and like Jack has no problem at all. But they straight up murder him. They kill him. In issue three of this comic. We're shown a semi-graphic image because I think it's like a shadowy silhouette. It's like a silhouette, yeah. It's Jack getting stabbed through his torso. And there's like blood shooting out of him. He is dead. (laughs) Jack straight up dies. But continuing (laughs) on with the summary, um, this is all revealed to be a vision as all of this actually happened in the past and Glower is actually a force ghost haunted by these memories of himself failing. And question mark I have written here. The thread helps him project the times that the village was happy so he doesn't have to remember the bad times. Yeah, which kind of seems like a curse kind of thing. Like he's forced to relive it because he can't stop trying to go back to the way it was. Yeah, it's like the thread is forever te- tethering him. Yeah, but to, the thread like, itself bad moment. isn't strong enough to actually undo it. So it's like rewinding a bit. So he right. gets to live out like the last however long. I was kind of confused of like what they were even like how like, yeah, the physics, <laughs> like the logic behind what the thread yeah. was doing. Or it was anything. a little weird because the thread, the first time we saw it kind of give Jack like a rewind was in the last one with this and that he gets like. He gets his shit kicked in. He gets to see the fight again. Right. And so he's witnessing it, but it doesn't actually happen. So this seems to be like this guy might have a more thread or a stronger thread. And so his is actually letting him somewhat rewind what's happening, but won't let him like change it or he's too afraid to change it or something. There's like people living in his town, Mm -hmm. too. Like it's literally like it's recreated the entire scene. Yeah. Um, But yeah, won't let him like have that forever peace. It will like be like reminding him, like actually this is all going to fall apart at mm-hmm. some point. Um, and Jack will be there and fucking get murdered by these <laughs> beetle drones. Uh, to finish that one up, Brendan, uh, Jack reassures Glower that it wasn't his fault and gives him permission to pass on as Glower ascends to the heavens and leaves the thread behind for Jack. Yeah, that actually felt a little cold to me. The way Jack yeah. did that, he's just like, you know, you you, did, you were fine. It's fine. You, you got to move on. Give me that thread, please. <laughs> like, you did the best you could, but uh, I mean, it wasn't good enough, but no one's going to hold it against you now. <laughs> now, give me that thread. Because they're all dead, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> 
yeah, that this was one of, I think, the weirdest issues in this entire 20 yeah. issue run. <laughs> I thought it was very good, though. Yeah, it was definitely good. Just strange. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, OK. Issue number four. Jack finds a despondent, snowy village run by a never-aging queen with beautiful golden hair who imprisons Jack in her kitchen for not bowing to her. Uh, Jack leads a revolt and frees the town from her rule, cutting off her golden hair, which, surprise, was infused with threads of time uh, and causes her to rapidly age. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Uh, I thought this one was pretty good. Um, I liked the the art style for this one. It was kind of like uh, they had like darker shadows. There's a scene. It's the queen's birthday, and it feels to me like every day might be the queen's birthday. That's kind of the implication I got from it. Yeah. I thought and so when too. Jack defeats her, he's like leaving and he turns and looks over his shoulder. He's got shadow <laughs> over his face and one eye is showing. And he just says, happy birthday. <laughs> it's so good. There's two really good lines, three really good lines right at the end of it. Uh, yeah, Jack busts out of her birthday cake like a stripper. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the queen literally says, let them eat cake about the people yeah. living in her town. Yeah. And then Jack says the people will have their just desserts and then <laughs> wishes her a happy birthday on his way out. <laughs> so good. <It's> so good. <laughs> That's really, really funny. And yeah, like fun, like puns that Jack would not usually do. Uh-huh. Uh, one other thing of note is I think it was early in this episode. There's a giant snake that attacks Jack and he kills it and we can see him eating it, which implies that it is not a robot. There might have been some kind of like flashback because uh, he does. He's got he's collected a few threads of time now and they're basically they've become like sentient. Yeah. And are speaking to him. Um. And yeah, I think they like have some flashbacks of Jack's travels or something. Like oh, okay, that. yeah. There's a scene. Well, there's just a scene where he's sitting over a fire, and you can see like the silhouette of the snake's body around him, and he's eating. And I think the implication is that he's eating the snake. Nice. Which is weird to me because every other thing we've ever seen him kill has been a robot, and most of the things he kills in the comic are also robots. Right. Even when it feels like they shouldn't be. There's like a mating yep. season joke about one one thing that comes up later, and that's weird. <laughs> uh, oh, because early on in this, the very first panel in this one, he talks to the, the or in issue one of this one, he talks to the, the seer and the seer's like, oh, you got to watch out for them scorpions out there. Jack throws down a bag of dead scorpion robots and the seer goes, nice. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. And that comes up later and the scorpions are giant and he's like, oh, yeah, it's mating season. They get bigger right. during mating season. I'm like, yeah. but they're robots. What is <laughs> I know it doesn't make any sense some <laughs> kind of weird horizon zero dawn like they've learned to oh maybe evolve. yeah i don't even know some bullshit <laughs> uh brendan i also have uh jack is wearing a huge black furry pelt like he's john snow which is good mm-hmm. uh there's a gentleman in the town who tells jack that it's cold enough to freeze a fart and then asks jack <laughs> if he's ever tooted an ice cube <laughs> jack responds no and the guy says you will <laughs> <laughs> Jack has never heard of such a concept, but the guy probably does it regularly. And yeah, I cannot wait. Uh, there's also a scene in this one where the threads, again, with their sentience, seem to leave Jack and unlock the door for him. Yeah, this is rad. Yeah, like they they climb into a lock and like pick it. Well, the, the, the sort of idea of what they're doing here, 
They tell Jack that they're helping the lock remember a time that it was still open. That's so So they're weird. not physically like unlocking the lock, but returning it to a past state returning to where a different it state. was yeah. unlocked. I Crazy. think that's a cool concept. It's a cool concept. It is. Yeah. Uh, it was just when I was reading through it and I saw the, the image of the, the, the strands going into the lock. I was like, what the fuck is happening right now? Yeah. Yeah. And then they reversed it to its <laughs> prior state of unlockedness. Yep. Um, I thought that was cool. Okay. Issue four, a good one. Uh, issue five, the finale of this particular storyline. Mm-hmm. Uh, the final thread of time is in Aku's lair, which Jack enters and confronts Aku directly, revealing that he's been collecting all of these threads and he takes the final one from Aku, completing the Rope of Eons. Uh, Aku fights harder than he ever has before in Samurai Jack history and mortally wounds Jack. Jack fucking dies. Jack fucking almost (laughs) dies. Oh, this is the one where he asks the guy if he's dead or was or was that the other one? In one of them, after he dies, he ends up in like a a white place and he's like, am I dead? This is that one. Okay, this is the one. Um. In fact, it's it's this scene right here where the threads tell Jack that they have just enough power to offer him a choice of returning to his home, his original time with these injuries that he's uh, incurred during this fight or send him back just to the moment where he was uh, wounded just before the moment he was wounded right now in this fight. And Jack chooses the latter and escapes from Aku's lair, Yep, which, yeah, was kind of a cool idea of them like offering Jack this choice to like do what we've seen so many times on the show before of like the end of Jack's quest is just in reach, but like Jack has to make the tough choice, the hard choice. Yeah. I liked this issue. Um, mostly because at the very beginning they're going through, or Jack is like sneaking through a factory that's making like mugs with Aku's face on them. There's a doll of the the little red riding hood. Aku. I was very excited about that. I wrote in all caps on my notes, Aku fairy tale doll. Aku, um, yeah, Little Red Hood doll. It's kind of weird because Jack enters Aku's lair under the guise of like a volunteer laborer. Yeah. Which you would have thought they would have like noticed, oh, no, this is Samurai Jack. Like we can't let him because he's not even disguised when he's walking into the no. lair. He's just himself. Yeah. You'd think they would know what he looked like, but <laughs> they're stupid. No. And in this issue, Aku is very stupid. It's like, yes. like weirdly out of character. Like he's just a an idiot. For this, I don't, I don't know. I don't remember exactly what he's saying or what he's doing, but he's making a lot of dumb faces. I think he like flosses with the thread of time, with the thread of time. Yeah. Uh, and he's just being a big old stupid dum dum. He's drawn very grotesque. Yeah, I, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's be- the way they drew him. I was like, they're they're really giving this guy no respect in this issue. I feel like a lot of like the other issues and like Jack, as we've seen him throughout the issues to this point is like pretty faithful to the original mm-hmm. Samurai Jack art style. But when we finally are introduced to Aku in this issue, yeah, he's he's definitely like off model from what we know it's him weird. to be. It's weird. It's really weird. I, I think like like, a lot of his features are like smeared. Yeah, of. yeah. Like he or in like he's he's scribbled kind of like a lot of the. Yeah, there's a lot of like brush stroke lines in this comic. Like you can see it on a lot of characters and in like the shading and stuff. But he looks like full on scribbled. In some of these Whereas shots. Aku's uh, like character as we know him is like very sharp yeah, lines, well defined shapes. Uh, yeah. I don't know that that kind of threw me off, um, and I didn't like that all that much. It was a little bizarre. 
Uh, I did like, though, the bit where he's like, let's see what the samurai's up to and turns on the TV. And apparently he can see through Jack's <laughs> eyes using that TV. And he's like, why is it in my house? This thing the must be broken. The call is coming from inside yeah. the house. <laughs> yeah, I he, like He like, sees too. himself from behind. <laughs> I know, he's like, wait a minute. <laughs> um, that was pretty good. It's interesting in this issue, they make a point of telling us that Aku's house teleports every 30 days. Which is, they very yeah. specifically call that out, which is yep. not something that's ever been established before. But it, it has been established. we wondered, I thought. Uh, I think we've it, brought that up a few times. I believe it was Jack and the Gangsters where they say that they don't know where Aku's house is because it teleported randomly. Mm-hmm. But they never say, like, yes, it will... Uh, every 30 days you can rely on this house being in a new location but yeah. like multiple times in this issue this specific issue they bring it up yeah and that so does like come up again it. later in this series as well it does very much later yeah <laughs> but yeah no i it's it's interesting that like they set up that canonical point which is again yeah. like another instance of like the authors of these Samurai Jack comic books, like getting to play in the Samurai Jack space and like making kind of their own rules, which is something I feel like a lot of like heavily involved creators would not want someone yeah. doing with their baby. They're afraid of things being locked down like that. Like, yeah. ah, but what if I don't want that to be the case? Though this very much goes for a lot of things that are just like, we're making this happen. This is happening. Like someone with a say in like the storyline of their property. It's like hard to imagine them letting someone play with it. Whereas like, uh, for example, like George Lucas, like no longer has a say. So like they can do whatever they want with star Wars or Mm -hmm. like Hideo Kojima no longer has a say in like the metal gear series. I don't know if they'll do anything with that. I fucking, they they haven't since survive. No God. And or maybe a pachinko machine. They might've released the metal gear. Yeah, probably uh, several in the last year, I think. Um, but like he can moan about it as much as he wants and probably will when it comes to that point. But like he can't stop them from doing this. Nothing but, he like, could do about it. Yeah. But Gendy probably could have, but it seemingly chose not to here, which I think is really cool. Yeah. It, and especially because they ended up doing a lot of cool stuff with it. Like maybe if it ended up being like real dumb and I, I didn't like it as much as I did, I'd be like, ah, I really wish that they didn't do that. But I think it worked. Uh, I think giving them the freedom to do what they wanted with the series really worked out. Yeah, yeah, that was a good choice. Uh, so, Brendan, that's that's the end of the first volume, The Threads of Time, which I kind of thought, like, when we started, it would be, like, the through line of all of these 20 issues, but that was very much not the case. Nope. It's over in five. That's it, yeah. Uh, it's very cool, though. I thought this first volume was uh, real cool. Uh, I don't think the next ones really keep it up as well. But- no. No, not really. (laughs) But if this Um, was what it was originally intended to be, and like this was all it was going to be, but then people liked it so much, uh, I think this was a great like thing to do with the the property. Yeah, for sure. Volume number two, Brendan. It is titled The Scotsman's Curse. Uh huh. Sure is. (laughs) It's quite the curse, and it. I, you know, I, I, uh, now I'm getting too far ahead of myself. The Scotsman Curse, March 2014 through July 2014. So here we go. Issue number six of 20. Hell yeah. Uh, this is interesting immediately. Jack encounters his old friend, the Scotsman, but there's something very different about him. 
He's been turned into a bonny lass by a gang of rowdy leprechauns. <laughs> the, the leprechauns agree to change him back if the two warriors defeat a rival giant and Jack gains more incentive to do this as they turn Jack into a lady as well. Mm-hmm. That's issue number six. Yep. Some weird Irish versus Scottish stuff going on between like the Scotsmen and the leprechauns. I thought that I was know. weird too. I was like, wait, 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 leprechauns? <laughs> kind of mixing the culture a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. Also, uh, the 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 Scotsman describes them as these green men, and it shows like a flashback of like druids, like green druids in cloaks, like cursing him. And then yeah. they get there, and it's leprechauns. And Jack is angry with the Scotsman. For not telling him that they were leprechauns. Why does Jack know about leprechauns? Yeah, where did he even pick that up? <laughs> He's like, they're leprechauns. You didn't tell me they were fucking leprechauns. I didn't know like, that's what we were walking Jesus into. Jesus Christ, here. man. You got to warn me. I could have prepared a little bit better for this. <laughs> it just um, it seems so weird that he was like, oh, leprechauns. Yeah, he has a really strong reaction to that. <laughs> I know. It's like mermaids. You didn't tell me they were mermaids. Well, I didn't think he needed to know. I also didn't think you would know what those were. Yeah, this is, I don't know. This is not really your thing. It's like the Mothman. You didn't tell me it was the Mothman. It's a fucking chupacabra. <laughs> you never. Uh, I mean, if you're a Bigfoot, legally you have to tell me or it's entrapment. That's true. Is yeah. what Jack says. <laughs> um, yeah, the Scotsman is very funny in the lady character. He's gone from like this big boorish man in a kilt to like a very like a pretty young lady in a skirt, which is kind of fun, but still has the gun leg. So Yeah, still has the gun leg, still has the attitude. <laughs> yeah, still has the attitude. They literally write the character um where like it's it's very different to have the Scotsman's dialogue written on a page rather than hearing it through the show mm-hmm. where you can only interpret half of the words he's saying. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny and, here and though. They you know write everything. out his, <laughs> Right. They write out his accent and instead of writing like you, like Y-O-U, they'll just write Y-U. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, Brayden, one other note I had, they, uh, Scotsman, the leprechauns uh, recounting the story to Jack say that the Scotsman wandered into their forest in a drunken stupor. Yes, yeah, they talk about how he was drunk, uh, and Jack actually calls that out before that. He goes, oh, right. you were drunk, and he's like, no, it was sarsaparilla. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so twice in the, that issue, they they talk about how the Scotsman was drunk. Yeah. And I was like, see, I always kind of thought he would be, but it's it's weird that they are pointing it out. It's another thing that the show wouldn't do. No, that that would never be a plot point on the show, even though there was probably some like mug waving going around uh, yeah. around in like Jack and the Scotsman two when they go back to like his house and all those other yeah, Scotsmen are there. for sure. Um, stuff like that. And I think they originally or they meet in a bar. There's several bar scenes in the Scotsman's history. But yeah, yeah this is the most explicit reference to him being like a drunken fool <laughs> at times. Which very much lines up with what I would think the Scotsman character yeah, would be. So it's kind of just confirmation. Yep. Yep. We get it. All right. Issue number seven. Jack and the Scotsman, but having both been turned into women, as we discussed, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, fight this stone giant that the leprechaun said had been terrorizing them. Uh, an Irish ditty is playing in their minds, which enables this curse 
Uh, but it's disrupted by the giant's pained cries, which drops Jack and the Scotsman out of their curse, turning them back into men. Uh, the giant proves to be friendly and reveals the leprechauns had been lying the whole time, and the three of them go back and exact their revenge on the leprechauns. Yep. That's pretty much it. <laughs> That's pretty much the story. It's kind of fun because, like, that Irish ditty is, like, the lyrics are displayed and, like, carry over from page to page, yeah. which is kind of fun. I did look into it. Uh, it's not a real song. I wouldn't have thought so. Some of them are literally like, you hear our song and you're always a lady. I guess that's true. I just wanted a tune to go with it while I was reading it. Yeah, a little background music to really immerse you. Or like in Scott Pilgrim when they do a song and they write out like the chords oh, for yeah. it. Yep. Yep. I know Something what you like mean. That. No, they went a little simpler with this one. That's okay. Um, female Jack has one sexy leg that's always poking out from beneath the gi, which I yeah. think is very funny. Yeah, they made them both kind of sexy. It's like, what, yeah. what are we doing here? <laughs> they turned them both into like pretty ladies, which is, yeah. And I think one of the leprechauns in the first issue actually comments on it. They're like, ah, he's much better looking now <laughs> or better on the eyes. <laughs> which is probably highly uncomfortable for the both of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's, oh, it's pretty good. They're getting turned on by their curse. <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe we should just stay in this state. <laughs> Things are really looking up. Although the Scotsman's a married man. You couldn't be tempted by Jack's beauty. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of good sound effects in this one, Brendan, uh, including Cthum and Thwacko. I have yeah, Thwacko. Down. I do remember reading that one. Thwacko, a classic. Yeah. But anyway, that's issue number seven, the second issue of this volume. And it is the end of the Scotsman run. In yeah, these that's issues. That's it for the titular Scotsman's curse. <laughs> you really would have thought it would have carried out over the whole thing like the Threads of Time did, but it's over after two. Yep. There's not much to tell about that one. I, unless, I, unless they immediately got cursed again. What are you going to do? Yeah. Moving on to the next curse. Um, no, but that was not meant to be. I was very surprised to yeah see that this was that was it. It's not the last time that the Scotsman will appear in these comics, but it might no. as well have been. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, very strange. You would think, yeah, like if they're going to do a comic series, you would really want to like lean into the fan favorites, which they do at multiple points yeah. throughout these issues. And like, but if there's ever a fan favorite that could have like sustained an entire five issue volume, like you would think it would have been the Scotsman and twas not. Nope. Guess it wasn't meant to be. No, not this time. Uh, so moving on from the Scotsman, the Scotsman's curse. We got several issues left in this volume, starting with issue number eight. Uh, Aku traps Jack in a crystal cave where his own distorted reflections come to life from the walls and attack him. Uh, Jack defends himself, but their severed body parts gather together to form a fucked up horror game villain. <laughs> yep. And Jack has to collapse the cave to bring <clears throat> this monster down. Yeah, I don't really have that much to say about this one. Uh the, no. the, horror, the the homunculus thing made of Jack's parts was kind of neat, but it was a little freaky. Yeah, um, it's kind of a cool premise. And this is one where I could have like seen them doing this in the show. Yeah. At some point, because also like there's absolutely no dialogue in this issue, which is something they do frequently, of course, on the show. Yeah, I think if I had like a, a hold order at my local comic shop on these, though, and this came out, I would probably have been a little disappointed like, that's it's, an entire issue. It's just it, nothing really happened. Very underwhelming. Yeah, kind of like 
it's like the quickest read, I feel like, of maybe yeah, any of the issues. I think I got through it. I, I think I got through these three Very in quickly. less time than any single other one. Mostly probably right. because there's no dialogue. So I was just yeah. like, yep, see it. I've seen it. Good picture. Nice picture. Yeah, cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. this. These were kind of like after the like Scotsman storyline, it's like, oh, we got to jam a few more. Yeah, it feels like before filler. Before we move on to the next thing. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of a letdown. Uh, although there was some fun bits where Aku plucks Jack out of a sleeping pod in a hotel. It sort of starts in one of these future cities and Jack checks into a hotel uh, and the hotel is called Quise, which is a portmanteau of peace and quiet. Oh, it literally says like on the wall, like peace plus quiet. Quise. Oh, I didn't notice. <laughs> yeah, it sucks really bad. Uh, you know, it doesn't suck really bad is some really good sound effects in this one, including uh, scritch twitch, shunkity shunk. And then my personal favorite, crack a thoom. <laughs> I do remember that. It, the the shunkity shunk ones fucking drive me crazy. I, I What's hate wrong with that. shunkity shunk? I just don't, don't like, like any the of the ones of where they do that? where they do blankety blank. I I stop it. They do it so often. <laughs> I don't. It's yeah. It's a repeated sound over and over again. <laughs> Scritchity scritch. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I wake up in the morning and I yawn at a yawn. <laughs> fucking hate it. Issue number nine, Brendan. An underground gravity well sucks Jack into its trap, sending him spiraling out of control in a battle beneath the surface of the Earth. Uh, Jack finds his footing and defeats the device, and it's revealed that Aku was controlling it remotely the whole time. Yeah, he's got like a little RC car remote. Yeah, and he's uh, very disappointed when this thing falls to Jack. Um, The... Gravity well robot device speaks in leet speak, it which does. I think is very fun. Yeah, I did kind of like that. You don't see that a lot anymore these no, days. Nobody does that shit anymore. <laughs> Too much work. I know. We're kind of over that. The internet, yeah, is no longer like super in I feel like that's a very matrix thing to do is <laughs> Yeah, sort of, very very early two thousands. Yeah. And now we're like, let's just be let's just be humans here. <laughs> Talk about eating ass and other things that we talk about on the internet now. <laughs> That's pretty much it. Top of the list. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Eating ass and cucks. <laughs> and number three, Samurai Jack. <laughs> uh, there's some trippy panels going on in this particular issue that kind of symbolize the chaos that is this fight between Jack and the gravity well, which mm-hmm. I think is fun. It's like full, like double page panels, like cutting out in all diagonal directions to show that, yeah, like this is kind of like a crazy fight that's taking up like this yeah. zero G environment, which and is there's cool. the one of those where the, the gravity wells in the middle and it's kind of like between all of the large spikes is where each panel is taking place. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of well done, but again, like this, this, this comic just kind of was over as quickly as it began. There wasn't that the conflict was just, he's got to fight this thing and it feels like he defeated it very easily. I don't even remember how he defeated it other than just like cutting through it. I think it kind of it it kind of does it over like two panels. It's like he's getting closer and then it's cuts to Aku and the the controller says like malfunction or something. I don't know. This one for me was more about just like the fun stylistic choices. But yeah, again, it's like another one that's like over and done. Yeah, it was it was visually very fun to look at. Um, 
again, I just kind of like went through it quick, though, because I was like, ah, yeah, I saw the panel and I'm like, I don't really study comic panels as much as I used to. Yeah. Uh, so it's it was just like, yep, that was the thing. <laughs> That's a problem with me, too. Like, I, I will like read over an entire page of comic book and then be like, I feel like I didn't pay attention to this enough. Like, I have to read this again and like, mm. I feel like maybe give it the time it deserves. Yeah. And I, and I might have done that. I might have like rescanned the page if I wasn't reading it on my phone or yeah. actually this one I read on my computer. So I had to zoom into the page, drag <laughs> the page around. Yeah. Uh, so this was maybe an instance where, yeah, the technological format yeah, was not ideal. Didn't work for me. I get it. Yeah. That happens a lot of the time. All right. Issue number 10 is it's got a little more substance to mm-hmm. finish off volume number two. Uh, Aku frustrated that his assaults on Jack have not worked thus far, comes up with a clever plan to invade Jack's mind like one of those brain slugs from Animorphs Mm -hmm. and destroys Jack's memories. Jack, while sleeping, sees Aku appear in scenes from different eras of his life and eat everyone that he knows. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Eventually, the many different Jacks within his own memories start to fight back and his warrior soul defeats Aku before Jack even wakes up. Yep. This was a kind of fun one. I uh, The only note I took for this one is the bug Aku crawling into Jack's ear is fucking terrifying. Yeah, I really don't like that imagery. It's the it's the earwig thing. Like, I, as a kid, you're always like those little pincer bugs. You're like, oh, that thing, those things crawl in your ears and eat your brain. And then like Animorphs. Yeah. Seeing it happen. Maybe that's why I was always afraid of those things. Maybe it's Animorphs fault. Yeah. <laughs> they're nasty but it's just be- yeah. it's become such a latent fear in my mind now i just see the bugs and i'm like those fucking earwigs i hate them like uh, something small entering yeah into your brain has always like bothered me like the very very early episode of spongebob where like plankton crawls inside of his brain and like mm-hmm. sticks the remote control in there and like starts controlling him like even that stuff kind of bothered me at yeah the time. yeah i don't, I don't know. know that 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 was terrifying um but this was a fun one. Um, again, I it, it just seemed the the last because we had the Scotsman storyline and then two filler. This one kind of just rolled off me. I didn't really like consume it the way I would have if, right. if it had been like a long continuous story or even four pretty good stories. You'd been kind of put to sleep by the previous two. So like, yeah, this one wasn't enough to like kind of bring you back in. Whereas I feel like the next ones we'll talk about kind of did. Mm-hmm. Um, the you could tell that there is actually a different illustrator in this issue, which I didn't write down who it was, and I feel like I should have. Um, but the art style is very clearly different from the other ones that we've seen so far. Uh, I have written down in my notes: Aku looking like a daddy, Jack looking like a baby face. Yep. yep. So <laughs> uh, we do get to see lots of familiar faces as Aku is sort of entering Jack's memories. Uh, we get to see Jack's parents. We get to see some of his training montage partners, including the Greek wrestlers and Robin Hood. And also, uh, this was kind of weird. I don't know if you noticed this, but it seemed like they had redesigned the African chief. I didn't notice. Or it was just someone else in the African village. Like, unless it was meant to be another character during that episode, which we even got a full episode devoted to. Yeah. Um, It seemed like... But the way that they were talking made it seem like it was the chief, but it was a it was a completely redesigned character. So it didn't I wasn't really sure. Yeah, I didn't notice, um, but I believe that. Yeah. 
that was a little odd. Uh, it did take liberties here and there with like designs for known characters. Definitely. This one, especially like I, yeah, they, they kind of went a little off the rails with some of them. Uh, Aku even invades Jack's memory of the rave, which is good because we get a full panel of Jack in his rave costume, hat, <laughs> yep. hat, hat and pacifier and all. So, you know, the fan service, they got to cram it in there where they can. The artist for this one is Andy Kuhn. Okay, different. I think it was Andy Suriano. Andy Suriano. Yes, I think that's so. Was. Yeah. But yeah, I issue 10, I think probably a good one. But yeah, it kind of like underwhelmed because of the previous ones in this volume. And I have pulled up an image of the African chief. He is definitely not the same design. He's got I, so much, I don't even know if it's the same character. Much beefier shoulders uh, and like curled back white hair. Yeah. Whereas yeah. the chief that we know, yeah, was like a very muscular, but like thin yeah. muscular and like completely bald head. Tall and skinny and bald. This guy is very much not that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got this the triangle like shaped character body. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that was odd. But anyway, that was issue number 10. Brendan, we're moving on to the third volume, which, uh, as we mentioned before, is like one of two that feels like a complete set, like storyline yep. through all five issues. This one, volume three, titled The Quest of the Broken Blade. This one is very good. I like this one a lot. This one, I mean, I, I read like the afterword in this volume and the authors say like, this is the big one. Like, this is the one that like we hope people will remember going forward and even specifically called out like, Hey, like we were really scared to take some of the leaps that we did in these issues. Cause like, this is very strong established canonical stuff in Samurai yeah. Jack that we are like going to fuck with to a extreme degree. I really liked it. Uh, very cool. And this is, this is one of the reasons I'm upset that uh, none of this is canon. Because this would be something that would be very cool to to like play with in season five. You're you're exactly right. Like this feels like it belongs in the Samurai Jack yeah. universe. And like um, it, the uh, we'll talk about it during the issue. But but there's something that it does and says about like Jack and his whole thing uh, that that I think really works and is like a very strong like character building moment and motivation for like the rest of the show. There are some points that are made in these issues that I'm like, hey, you know what? I never considered that, but yeah. you're absolutely right. Yeah, it's uh, all right. Let's get into it. All right, I'm we're going to talk about to it. Talk about it. Uh, these ones were between August 2014 and December 2014. So issue number 11, the first one in this volume, uh, Jack returns to Sewell the Seer looking for another way home. And Sewell, who is mysteriously very sick. Mm -hmm. uh, offers to perform a ritual on Jack's sword that will send it, and by extension him, back to the past. Uh, Jack carries Sewell to a temple where they begin the ritual, but it gets interrupted during a critical moment, and the unthinkable happens, Brendan. The magic is lost from Jack's sword, and it breaks in half. Yep. Goddamn. Um, which is, yeah, insanity. Uh, like we like I just said, like this feels like it could have been part of the show. This really does feel like something that could have been like a big multi-part episode, like yeah. two or three episodes. They could have committed to this entire volume. And, I like, think so. This this could have easily been like a big special. Like yeah. I think a three episode special would have done well with this storyline. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, they the authors, yeah, they swung so big here. Mm. Um, and like they said, nailed like, it. The afterward that I read, like, yeah, they they are literally commenting, like, thank you for trusting us with this. We were really scared to do it. We broke Jack's sword. Yeah. <laughs> God Which damn. is like such a scary thing for them to probably do. Like, should we go this far? And then they did. They went for it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it paid off. They did great job. <laughs> Fucking awesome. Um, It's really good. Uh, From this first issue, uh, Jack is carrying Sewell the Seer on his back like he's like they're Luke Skywalker and Yoda. Which is, which is maybe what they were going for. Even I think. Yeah. <laughs> probably a direct. Sewell's even got that. like little hairs sticking out of all over his face. Like. <laughs> I think he makes like some kind of joke like, hey, you want some beef jerky or something like yeah. Yoda, like eating Luke's snacks or whatever. <laughs> so that's kind of funny. Um, there's a great. Yeah. The final page of this issue is great of Jack just yelling no while looking at his broken sword where it carries over to the next issue. And the very first page in the next issue is like the blade just completely falling in half. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah, no, this actually is broken. Yeah, just in case you forgot in the month that it took us to release this next issue. Right. Yeah, we Shocking. did the damn thing. <laughs> Shocking. Issue number 12. Here we go. Aku senses that Jack's blade has been broken and offers a global bounty to everyone on the planet to kill Samurai Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jack goes into hiding, mourning the loss of his blade and remembering the moment where his mother gave it to him after his training. Um, this is another really good issue between, yeah, like the people of Earth, like trying to kill him. And then also like the flashback sequence that kind of expands on that final sequence that we had during the montage. Yeah, I really liked the way that Aku's announcement to the world was that he became like a hurricane cloud and his face yeah. was just like hovering above every. He just filled the location yeah. everywhere <laughs> and was like projecting images of Jack. And when that happens, like Jack is talking to some farmers and they like point an assault rifle at him. And there's a menacing image after Jack steals the assault rifle where he's pointing the gun down at the farmers, like on their knees, begging them, begging Jack not to kill them. Yeah. Um, which is insane to see Samurai Jack pointing a gun at Holding people a in the first place. Holding a fucking rifle, yeah. But then also in Samurai Jack style, instead of doing that, he snaps the gun in half with his bare hands. Yeah. So, you know, he's still got some of that moral character built up in there. Yeah, it, even though Jack it, it looked about. for a second there like he might do it. He had that, that look on his face like he's going to pull that fucking trigger and then he thought better of it. He's resorting to drastic measures very quickly on in his no sword career. Yeah. Um, Aku has posted wanted posters of Jack everywhere in the world, which is something he's done in the past. But these ones are very good. Uh, There's a milk carton that Jack is on the side of like, have you seen me? But then on the other side of the milk carton, there is a cartoon cow (laughs) version of Aku complete with udders. It's just Aku with big udders. It's fucking gross. It's just weird. I was like, oh, I didn't need to see that. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. they hit us with that pretty hard. Uh, speaking of hitting pretty hard, uh, the flashback sequence Jack has uh, when he's talking to his mother after she sort of gives him the sword, grants him the sword after his training. Uh, his mother's commenting on like how hard it was for her 
to grow old without Jack in her life, Mm -hmm. but says like, hey, you know what? You're going to make everything right now that you're here and you have the sword. So like for him to have this moment where like his mother told him like, yeah, you've got the sword now. It's going to be fine. And then like him in this present day, like knowing how much he's betrayed her, like after that grueling life that she just said she had to live without him. That's like some of the most heartbreaking shit that has ever happened in Samurai Jack. Oh yeah. She also though says something that, that, I think it was important, but Jack skipped over, uh, which is that she says that she should not regret uh, fate and she just has to go along with the path. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that was the important takeaway from that. But Jack in his current state missed it, like did not hang on that. Take in that message. Yeah. Yeah, He's not ready for that yet. Yep. Uh, He's going to learn some important shit, though, very quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh, Moving into issue 13, Brendan, this one and the next one are like the the big ones. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, good shit, they say. As they say. Time passes, I have written in quotes, because it literally says time passes on like the first panel. I think it gives an actual amount of time, too. Oh, I don't know. I I, I wasn't sure if it did. I think it said 20 months later. Oh, Interesting. Yeah. I would believe it kind of based on where it picks up. But mm. I did not see that. But that, I think that I think further sense. down the page, like kind of hidden on the buildings, it did have an actual amount of time. OK, OK. Um, in any case, that 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 time passes and Jack has grown out his hair and beard extremely long, disguising himself as an old man living in the heart of one of these future cities. Mm hmm. A run-in with a robotic bounty hunter is broadcast to the entire world and blows Jack's cover, and he has to go escape into the wilderness to live alone, uh, where he has a flashback of his father explaining the events of the birth of evil and how the sword came to be. Uh, Ready to give up, Jack is visited by one of Odin's ravens, who teleports him to the same cave where his father met the gods and earned the sword. The three monks are there and project the vision of Odin, Ra, and Rama, who tell Jack he will be judged for breaking the sword. Very cool. Uh, Did you notice that the flashback to Jack's father had a completely different art style from the rest of this issue? Yes, I did. I felt like it was very much like the show's art style. Yeah, but, but more shaded, like when a cartoon show does a movie, like the Rugrats movie. Right. It's like, oh, they shaded the characters. Weird. Uh, but it's like much brighter colors, much more saturated. Uh, all the lines are much cleaner, like you said, closer to the show. Um, I just thought it, that was kind of cool the way they they flipped it in the middle. And I, I imagine it's the same artist for the whole issue. I think so. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. So it was, it was just kind of nice that like, oh, we're now in a flashback and you can tell because the art is nicer and it's like a more idealistic version of the world at, as Jack remembers it uh, when he was a child. That page where Jack's dad is explaining the birth of evil to him, the art on that page is so cool. It's like this, yeah, this big Aku head surrounded by the events in the episode, like the fight of the gods and like Mm -hmm. the trees coming out of the ground and like Jack's dad getting imprisoned and like all this shit. It's like such a one cool page. I would own that as like a poster in my home. Very cool. Um, Incognito Jack uh, kind of almost looks like the vision of King Jack that the kind of, portal yeah. guardian. That's had what shown. I was thinking. I was like, oh, here's Jack with a beard. The I think this is other than the flash forward in through the time portal. This is the first instance we've seen of him having a beard. Right. And then I started thinking, 
that means he shaves all the time. And maybe he's not shaving it because he doesn't have the sword he used to shave his beard. Oh, maybe that was his razor. <laughs> yeah. And how he trims his hair. Yeah, Although he does have long hair. Yeah, he does Just have long hair. Up. But he, he, cut, he cuts it once in a while because it doesn't get like super long. <laughs> Could you imagine the vision of Jack like trying to shave with his big katana? I think people did that. I think that's like a, oh, a yeah, pretty no, standard I, that's, thing. That's I'm sure that's probably true. Um, that is funny though. Is like he couldn't find like a bic. He doesn't know how to use a razor. He just <laughs> He's like, I don't have my like, sword. I never anymore. learned. My daddy never taught me. I only learned <laughs> how to do it myself by the sword. I've learned everything by the sword. So now that I don't got it, <laughs> I'm useless. Um, the raven that shows up is uh, Munin. Yep. Uh, and Brendan he. Name drops your old friend Sleepnir. Yeah, he calls him Sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they would have sent Sleep, but his legs are tired. <laughs> then the raven winks at us through the comic book page and says, hey, Brendan. <laughs> and the raven's got like a New York accent. Yeah, he's like, hey, what's the matter with you? We're going to go find uh, your sword, all right? Hey, I get up, man. They sent me to come and get you. <laughs> it was almost like a boom hour that you just did. <laughs> was it? I don't know. Maybe not. I wish it was, though. Uh, I wish the Raven spoke like Boomhauer, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Maybe we should be reading King of the Hill. Gotta get up, Jack. They're somebody down here to come and get you. You gotta come over there and get your sword back. Dang old sword. Get your dang old sword. Um, yes. The way that Jack's dad describes the events of the birth of evil and the way that it's illustrated in this issue and the next does imply that they are actually seeing the gods yes which is something that yep. we questioned originally when we talked about the events that took place um but in this it does very much imply that like yes they are in this like weird cosmic space and seeing the gods before them for yep. real which again we must consider these comics are not canon but to so, me they are <laughs> but in my heart they're still real. <laughs> okay. So, Brendan, that's that's the setup is issue 13. And here's the payoff, which is issue 14. Um, another very good one. Uh, Odin, Ra, and Rama describe their origins to Jack and each force Jack to prove his worth through a series of trials, which Jack passes and is reminded that the true weapon comes from inside himself and cannot be broken. And Jack returns to the real world, still swordless, and at the end of the issue, he is attacked by Aku. I really liked the the trials. Uh, this is the instance I was talking about earlier where you get that inner monologue box, but it's being spoken by different people each time. Right. Uh, it starts off with Jack on a lily pad uh, talking about how the world is is on a bed of serpents, and I believe that's Rama. I don't know enough about it that, is. Yep. that religion to know if that's something that actually is part of it. Uh, and then we go to a Viking war and we so we would have yeah. Odin speaking to him through that. Like, you didn't earn the sword. He was given to you. Uh, and that's, then we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big. Yeah. yeah that's one of those huge points this that is, I think you were talking about earlier. Big like, one. Yeah. This, I, I think we both kind of were struck by this is, yeah, Odin reminds Jack. He literally tells him the sword was bequeathed to him by his father. And yeah. he is not. The chosen one. He says to you, you are not the chosen one, Jack. And like, yeah. you did not earn this sword. It was gifted to you. So like, 
you are if you like need something from us or like if you are going to be the protector of this world, you have to prove it by your own deeds, which is something I had never even considered. Yeah. You just you just kind of always show. assumed that it was meant for him. But the way it that was, it, it's acted. But no, it was given to was his not. father. Yeah. yeah, it was meant for his father. His father was the one who was chosen and Jack is the one who inherited it. Like, yeah, that and it, a, a I, great point. Yeah, <laughs> A very solid point that I had never, ever considered. Yeah. Um, like you just want to think about like, oh, bloodlines. Like, yeah, Jack's the next in the line to carry on the sword <laughs> and beyond Jack. If he ever, you know, has a son, they'll be the next one to carry it as well. But like, no, that's not really the way the gods in this b- issue explain. Like, actually, no, that's not really the way that it works. Yeah. Like they would. It seemed like they would have been happy to let him c- carry on with it. But since he broke it, it kind of proved to them at least for the moment that he was not worthy of it. Like, or maybe he wasn't, they, they became unsure and they're like, we're not just going to give it back to you. Like we're not, right. we could make you another one right now, but why would we do that? You broke this one. <laughs> right. But who are you? What are you made of? Like, what, what yeah. do you bring to the table? Uh, yeah. I, I thought that was very cool. Uh, and then to, to wrap up that three section thing, you've got Ra talking to him as he climbs a pyramid and literally burns to death. Or not to death, but he catches fire and all of his skin burns away and all that's left is like the the light of goodness that lives inside of him. Yeah. He basically leaves behind like a spectral version of himself that they say, you know, that is the weapon inside, which is what was set up when we actually saw like the birth of evil where the sword was created, was created from like the good of man from inside of Jack's dad and like Mm -hmm. the the virtue of human righteousness you know all that shit that we like roll our eyes at on this show but like this was such a cool way to like visualize that where yeah literally like jack's effort under like this burning sun like tearing his body apart but like the strength from within him like reach like helping him reach the top and like reveal that like oh actually it's what's inside that's counts yeah and throughout the whole climb ra is repeating this line and i don't remember exactly what it was but i think it's like what is left from inside i think he keeps saying or something like that along those lines uh and i think that was really powerful to just like to see him climbing and catching fire and it just keeps repeating that like very cool when the when yeah when the body is like taken away like what else is in you like what else do you have to like fulfill this other than this like strong well-trained person that you are what more is there to you it's very cool liked it a lot very very good um the odin one is good too the odin challenge because yeah he literally has him like fight an army and tells jack to like die for his cause yeah like a viking warrior would which again like jack i think the implication is like he does die during Uh, that fight that's what i took too there's a there's a panel in particular that i'm pretty sure he loses his arm uh, it shows him looking over and there's an axe coming down. But in the very next panel, he's got both of his arms. And he's got a shield and an axe. So I'm not sure. But the way it was drawn, it made it look like he had just lost his whole arm, like chopped at the shoulder. So I'm not sure what was going on. Maybe he did. And maybe maybe the implication in that is that he died many times in that trial. Mm. Like, will you keep fighting? Will you? Because f- I think Odin also says like something about the endless war. Will you fight the endless war? Yeah. Fight and die, soldier. Like. All three of these trials are like kind of like Jack sacrificing himself in a way, Mm -hmm. because even like the first one, like he's attacked by these serpents and has to like the whole test of that one is like Jack has to accept that reality is the way it is and like Mm -hmm. not try to 
like reject it. And so like the reality is he's being attacked by like this bed of serpents and he chooses not to fight against that. Yeah, that one that one is very cool, but less powerful, I think, because he figures it out right away. <laughs> right. Yeah, he le- learns that pretty quickly. He's just like, I won't do anything. And he sits down and then sinks into the ocean and like, right. Still very cool visually, a cool image, a cool message. But that one is kind of like they kind of get it over with real quick and then move yeah. on to the two like super epic ones. Yeah, that's true. Um, these trials are all very badass, though. Yeah. And the the points that they raise are, again, like things that I had never considered watching the show. But like these people who are not like the original creators of Samurai Jack, like questioning kind of Jack's place in this world and kind of like what is really mm-hmm. Jack, like what has Jack done to like deserve this and like all of this stuff. It's like, oh, you know what? This is they're really right. solid, yeah. really solid reasoning. Like, I can't disagree with any of this. Yeah, a very, a very bold direction to take it. St- stunning and brave. <laughs> yeah, good for them. Yeah, really good. I, I'm glad they did it. Uh, I think it I think they it went really well. They nailed it. Yeah. Couldn't have asked for anything better than that. But Brendan, that was only issue number 14. The not the final issue of the volume. The final issue, number 15, Aku who has found Jack in this desert. Again, Jack does not have a sword. Mm -hmm. Um, Aku unleashes a devastating attack on Jack, shape-shifting into many fun creations. Uh, Though Jack tries to fight back with his fists, Aku strikes him down and shifts into a samurai with a sword to deliver the killing blow. Uh, As he brings that sword down, Jack goes full avatar state and a golden <laughs> hand holding a golden sword emerges from his his body like the alien chestburster. <laughs> yeah. Blocking that blow and then carving through Aku, who runs away in typical Aku fashion. Mm-hmm. Almost exactly the same way as he does in the show. Turns into Pretty a bat much, and flies off. Yeah, and says, like, I'll get you next time. <laughs> uh, before the sword, like, uh, settles into its familiar Samurai Jack sword like appearance. This whole five issue thing is definitely, I think, the best Samurai Jack sword content that we've ever had. Oh, yeah, too. You know, honestly, it it might be some of the best Samurai Jack content. Like I wouldn't disagree. This is a story I really wish they told in the show. This is right up there with the birth of evil. I think if they had because birth of evil was season two, right? Or was it season three? Season three. Okay, so well, anyway, so if they had ended season three with Birth of Evil and ended season four with this, I think that would have been such a satisfactory, like, I, even if the show didn't finish, I would have been so happy with that being it. Like, we're left yeah. here. I wish it was canon. I want to see it. I want to see it in motion. Yeah, I agree. This could have been, like, the long-rumored, like, Samurai Jack final movie. Like, yeah. this is the kind of thing they could have done. If, if they like released that. this as a movie now and, like, put it in theaters, I would go to the theater to see this. <laughs> yeah, that would be really good. Um, yeah, this this whole story, uh, phenomenal. And I, I agree. I think this is some of the best, just straight-up Samurai Jack content that we've ever gotten, like, which is... So bizarre to say that, like, it did not come from Gendi Tartakovsky, yeah. like, the actual official team. Um, so, like, really, really good for these writers for, like, taking a big swing and not being afraid to do that. And then, like, just completely knocking it out of the park. Uh, very, very good. When Jack gets his sword, he says, I am the weapon, which I think is a badass line. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, also, uh, yes, Aku shapeshifts into many fun forms. There's a dragon Aku that breathes fire at Jack, and he says, Fry, Samurai, and he's very proud of himself. He's very that, pleased with that, that one, one, yeah. <laughs> and then we he get, says, like, I got to write that one down. <laughs> for my memoir, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we get a panel that I really like in, like, any illustration uh, where he's looking over the side of the rock, and we see kind of a cutaway of the scene, and Jack is tunneling under the ground. Uh, yeah. And there's like books I've read as a kid where like a house is cut like that. You can see all the different rooms. And in this one, there's just like random shit buried underground. Like there's a sea mine floating yeah. there for some reason. There's a rocket ship. I love Good things like that. Gag. Yeah. Like Jack is also digging the tunnel and there's like little sound effects behind him that say like dig, 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 yeah, dig, yeah. dig, dig. Yeah, like trailing in the tunnel behind him. Yeah. Yeah. He's like Pac-Man. <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. So there's some silly stuff in this fight, too. But yeah, also some. Badass stuff. Uh, yes, Brendan, the uh, what did we call that? The quest of the broken blade. Yep. Uh, I think definitely we're in agreement. The standout volume in this this four volume series. This was really, really good shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Will the good shit continue into volume four? Let's find we'll, out. We'll see. <laughs> volume four. The Warrior King, it's called January 2015 to May 2015. Brendan, the cover of The Warrior King has King Jack on the cover sitting in a throne. So, like, that's got to be the focus of this whole volume, right? Yep. Uh, Yeah, you would think. (laughs) Um, That cover is very reminiscent of uh, Final Fantasy Versus, which also became the cover of Final Fantasy 15 and the cover or a alternate cover of Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, God. (laughs) It's just that character looking angry sitting on a throne. Uh, I shouldn't have let you. I I brought it back. (laughs) Damn it. Even in the bonus episodes, you get the (laughs) Kingdom Hearts talking. That's just cruel. (laughs) And I can go into my deep my deep reasoning as for why Kingdom Hearts used that cover. But we don't have to do that right now. Anyway, issue number 16. (laughs) We should talk about. Um, Okay, Issue number 16. Will King Jack appear in it? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> a masked figure known as the Master of Time attracts crowds and Jack to his fortress where he announces he's creating an invention called the Time Talisman. Mm-hmm. Jack plans to sneak in and obtain the talisman and responds to an ad in a newspaper placed by none other than the professional thief from Jack and the Labyrinth. Yep. Who convinces Jack that they will succeed through the power of Jack's kung fu and the thief's technology. Uh what a bunch of fun crowd-pleasing stuff going on in these issues here. Oh yeah, I love it. This this comic is good for that. This is the fan service issue or volume. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um yeah, the thief the character, one of the characters we've talked about, like this person could make a reappearance, and then you know, yep. obviously never did in in the at show. Least the, yeah. the show that we've seen to this point. Hey, I mean, you know, <laughs> anything's possible going forward. Um, but this was kind of a fun way to reintroduce the character, particularly, yeah, crowd pleasing moments in this one. There's a uh, food vendor who offers to sell Jack some chicken, and Jack says, "No chicken, never chicken." Yep, beef it is. Then he says. Yep. <laughs> Good reference to Chicken Jack. Yep. yep. Uh, also, they are consistent with the thief 
uh, still missing the tooth that got knocked out after sliding down the pyramid face first at the end of his episode. Yep. Love the continuity. Um, I don't know if it's this issue. Oh, we haven't finished the synopsis yet. No, that was pretty much it. There's another issue with this. Oh, this okay. Gentleman. Okay. Uh, then I'm not sure if it's this issue, but there's one where it's got a uh, the camera, let's say, is in an alleyway looking out at Jack and graffitied on the wall is Dexter from Dexter's lab. Oh, I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah. That's really there's funny, another though. one in the next issue as well. I would love to see graffiti in the real world of just Dexter. <laughs> just Dexter's face. Somebody just paints <laughs> Dexter on a wall somewhere. That would be great. <laughs> we'll have to make it happen. Uh, now is the time. Yeah, go out and tag as many box cards as you can with just Dexter. Just Dexter's face. <laughs> that would be really good. Uh, yes, that was the first issue that involves the thief. Moving on to the second one, which is issue number 17. They're going to carry this plan out. Um, Jack and the thief navigate through deadly obstacles, much like in Jack and the Labyrinth, to break into the Master of Time's fortress and reach his chambers. Uh, where they demand that he let Jack use the Time Talisman. The Master of Time turns out to be a charlatan, and the Time Talisman is just a shitty watch with no supernatural powers. Yep, and it has a, uh, a talisman of Blue blue Regard Q Kazoo from Foster's Home from Imaginary Friends on it. Oh, that's a fun thing. Yep. I, the watch, <laughs> yeah, it's extremely shitty. It's just covered in glue and, yeah, unnecessary gears and gizmos, like, all over it. Um, it's like a fun arts and crafts project, more than anything. Uh, yeah, Jack and the thief sneak in. Jack is dressed in his familiar black ninja outfit from Jack in the Labyrinth. And the thief has his multi-tool briefcase. So, yeah, they're really just giving the people what they want. Um it is fun because, again, the show shows the contrast between their old school break-in styles, uh, old school versus new school break-in styles. Mm -hmm. uh, but this time they're working together and kind of like competing against each other. And get like who can do it better. Yeah. Uh, the only other note I have written down is they expose a chamber filled with red lasers and the lasers are spelling out nothing to see here. I did like that. Yeah. Uh, in the first part of this comic jack is running through the the hallways and there's just signs all over the walls that are like yeah. no trespassing if you can read this you shouldn't be here and then like, he falls hey, into the trap and it's like to... we warned you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then uh he falls into like the guard room and it's like enjoy your stay trespasser <laughs> yeah yeah that's a good that's a good gag um full of good gags these first two issues but that is the end of the thief storyline yeah so they didn't really lean too heavily into that one, just as they did not. They gave as much time to the Scotsman as they did to yep. the thief, which kind of uh, feels Yeah, it kind of feels cheap, yeah. <laughs> but I do like the thief. Um, yeah. And I, I liked the, the ad in the first part of this, or the first issue of this, has the thief's little hat on it. So even mm -hmm. before they introduce him, I was like getting ready. I was like, oh, fuck, they're bringing oh, him back. This guy, finally. Here, here comes your boy. <laughs> yeah. He's back and better than ever. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this was a funny way for this one to end with a very, very shitty watch that does yeah. absolutely nothing. Just got like gears glued to it. <laughs> like, I know. It's such a waste. And the, the guy, the guy's, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The, his, his, uh, justification for the way he worded everything. It's like, 
everyone will be where they're meant to be in the time they're meant to be. And he's like, it's a watch. Like you, you won't be late for things if you have a watch. Like, mm-hmm. They'll just be always be able to, yeah, be exactly <laughs> where they should be on time. They'll be on time. Yeah, <laughs> he never lied. Yeah, you can't sue him in a court of law. Um, yeah, that was very funny. Issue number eighteen, Brendan. Jack purchases an orb from a street market vendor who offers Jack a method of time travel. This is a trick, as the vendor is Aku in disguise, and Jack awakens an army of dead robots and four mighty warriors who defeated the army long ago. The four resurrected warriors realize they're on the same side as Jack, and they work together to defeat the robot army before returning to their eternal rest. Mm Mm-hmm. Not much to say about this one other than Jack should always be suspicious of anyone in this world who is Aku-colored, which the street vendor <laughs> extremely is. Or advertising time travel powers. <laughs> like, yeah. Who would put that on a sign? <laughs> so many red flags that Jack just completely passed over. I do like there's a bit in this one when the robots all wake up and he's like, oh, these mighty warriors are coming back to fight me. And then like... Something happens and he realizes it's a robot. He's like, oh, robots. And then he just starts hacking them up. <laughs> yeah. I, I also noticed that he like cut, he like cuts off the head of one of them before even knowing that it was a robot. And he's like, oh, wait, no, I don't have to feel guilty. He's like, oh, this. thank God it's a robot. And he just starts Ooh. fucking mowing them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Pulling but- his like shirt collar, like, woof, close one. They kind of turn that on its head, too, with the four mighty warriors where he thinks they're robots. And he's like, we don't have to fight, blah, blah, blah. And they take off their helmets and they're. As they say, more than robots, more than human. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they do this weird thing where electricity comes out of their eyes and mouths and just fries every robot on the battlefield immediately. Yeah, and then sends them back to their graves. <laughs> it's fucking weird. Yeah, I know. It's, <laughs> this is kind of another one of the weirder issues that were in this entire thing. Um, some good action scenes, at least. You yeah, know, that's yeah. That's worth something. The, pa- the, the, the page where Jack smashes the crystal that, that deactivates everything was kind of cool. It's, it's one of those ones where you get the, the image of him smashing the crystal in the middle and then sparks shooting out or like lightning bolts shooting out that are cutting up the panels. And you see those lightning bolts spread into the panels themselves and they're like touching all the robots. And that was kind of right. well done. Yeah, that was cool. This was not a bad one. Just, yeah, an odd one. Yeah. Um, especially when we're this late sort of in the game. Uh, speaking of which, Brendan... <laughs> Issue number 19, so the second to last issue, I have a feeling you are very excited for this one once you started reading it, as as I definitely was too, but I know that there are some characters in here that you love dearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the dog archaeologist from episode two, aka Rothian Friends, mm-hmm. reach out to Jack to ask him for his help in their latest excavation, the tomb of the first ever talking dog. Yep. Jack helps them enter the tomb. But the enraged dog spirit curses Rothy and Co., turning them into bad dogs, which attack Jack. Uh, Jack appeases this ancient spirit with dog treats, lifting the curse. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. And then the the dog spirit uh, thinks they're best friends and follows him off onto his next adventure. Yeah, he wants to be like his buddy, like Jack is his master now. Yeah. You would like to see how long that went on before Jack, yes, <laughs> sent him away. Um, 
yeah, like I just said, this it feels a little late in the game here for like mm-hmm. a one-off story. If we're trying to work towards some sort of end game for the Samurai Jack story, which I think maybe we both thought that this comic series was going to achieve. I kind of thought it was. Yeah. <laughs> um, and by this point, I was like, maybe it's not. Are we even going to see King Jack? Yeah, was that cover just a big fake out? Is it a lie? It's just a fucking, it's clickbait. That's what that is. So as much fun as I'm having with the dog characters, I'm like, are we gonna do the thing or are Mm. we not gonna do the thing? Yeah, I agree. Um, Although when they turn into bad dogs, which is they turn into regular dogs, they're like, they don't have their clothes on anymore. And it's kind of hard to tell which one is which in some panels. Yeah. Uh, Jack Jack doesn't want to fight them. And they just keep biting him, and it seems more like a minor annoyance than anything else. Uh, like the the Scottish Terrier bites his ankle, and he's like, "Fucking really?" Like, <laughs> he's like, "Ow, <laughs> quit it!" He doesn't, you know. They're they're just dogs at the end yeah. of the day. Can't hurt a dog. Um, could you think of any better characters to bring back in the comics than the dogs? Though, how fun is that? No, I'm, I'm glad they did. Uh, this whole volume is, uh, like I said. Right at the beginning of it. It's all fan service. It's all let's bring back characters. Let's show off some stuff. Uh, And I'm glad that that the dogs got their day here. The dogs did get their day. Good one, Brendan. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for inserting that. Uh, Jack tries to eat a dog treat, but he cannot stomach it. Brendan, have you ever eaten a dog treat? Uh, When I was little, yeah. I think I did when I was like 12. I took one bite of one and said, this is not worth the prank. I think I think my my friend's mom had a very small dog, so they had those little dog treats. Okay. So I think we both ate one. We're like, yeah, you know, it's, it's not like the worst thing I've ever had in my life, but it's certainly not something that I want to continue doing. <laughs> I think I straight up took a bite into one of those like milk bones or whatever. And oh, like a soft one. Yeah, it was. Terrible. Oh, no, this this was this was a just a crunchy biscuit. And so it was just like, yeah, it's just kind of like a dry, flavorless biscuit. <laughs> yeah, dogs, simple palate. They'll eat yeah. anything. They'll eat their own shit. They will. Yeah, the dog characters back in issue 19. Fun to have them in here. It's, it feels weird for it to be the very second to last issue. We go on this fun, goofy adventure with them. But like, ultimately, it was worth it because we love the we love those good boys, mm-hmm. even when they're bad boys. Um, they turn it around. Yep. Yep. I still liked them. I liked the designs of the bad dogs, even though I couldn't tell which one was which for most of it. Mm-hmm. Except the one, the 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 big one was still walking around on two legs right. like a boxer. <laughs> like, <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, Brandon, we come off of that fun, whimsical story in issue number 19 and all these other sort of one-off stories that we've had in this volume. And we have reached what is the... Final issue, issue number 20, the final issue in this main Tales of the Wandering Warrior series. And again, like we just said, I think we had both assumed that this entire thing was made out to be like the finale of the Samurai Jack story, like in lieu of an actual TV show to wrap up how, you know, the Samurai Jack story was meant to be, which was something that they ultimately did in season five in 2017. But, you know, this is 2015 we're working with now with this particular volume Mm -hmm. um you know this was kind of how these authors uh determined like this is how this is this is kind of how everything would end um so (laughs) 
with these previous few issues, I'm like, they're not doing a, th- they're like not doing a thing. They're just nope. kind of like leaving they're, it very open ended. They're meandering. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're wasting time and what str- you know, stretching. <laughs> if this is, you know, if you want this to be canonical, you're you're messing up. Although, you know, I guess Samurai Jack, you know, is mostly sort of one off stories. There's not a lot of sort mm-hmm. of multi-part there are multi-part episodes but it's mostly kind of self-contained things so that's kind of what they're also doing mostly through the comic series uh but i kind of maybe expected it to be a little bit different Um, i did yeah well especially because the first one the the threads of time was a long form story like so when you start with that and then you go into a two-part story and then you start getting into these one-off and then come back to another five-part story it's yeah it's jarring it's like Like, what are we doing here (laughs) i know it's all over the place um, but we've reached issue 20. So you're looking at the cover of this book and you're like, all right, King Jack, like we've seen the time portal guardian. We know that Jack's destiny is to somehow become this King figure. And that is the point at which like the time portal guardian will let him through the time portal to return to his home. Mm-hmm. Like that is kind of like an original ending that is set up by the TV show. Um, so we get all the way to the final issue and we're very nervous that it's not going to appear, but, uh, here we go, Brendan. This is the final one. Sometime in the future, question mark, a scribe named Mako is trying to write the story of the wandering samurai called Jack, but everyone he interviews offers outlandish false stories. He finally finds a man named Lamar who knows the real Jack and takes Mako to him at his secret encampment in the mountains inhabited by countless friends of Samurai Jack. We've seen throughout the TV show's history. Uh, Mako meets the much older Jack now truly in his King Jack phase. Uh, Jack delivers a rousing speech to his allies before leading them off on one final assault on Aku's house. And that's it. That's it. We don't get to see the assault. We just get them heading off into the sunset. Which is, yeah, I mean, they intentionally leave it very much wide open. So it's like not really yeah. the definitive end. That Which is I, fair. Like I, I get yeah. it. <laughs> right. Yeah, you can kind of make up whatever you want or like, you know, this is... It's, it's never really a story. And even like the explanation that Jack gives at a certain point... Um, about, like, he is not really concerned anymore about, like, returning to the past. Mm-hmm. He's like, that was just an ideal, he says to everyone. But, like, we are now, we should be focusing on, like, the now and fighting. What we are fighting for is not, like, to uphold the past, but is to, like, fight to create our own better future. Which is kind of, yeah, it, it's a, it's a, a reasonable end point. Um, not the one I think people really want. You no. want Jack to get back to the past? That's the yes. fucking theme song. That's kind of the point. <laughs> but like, it's it's not unreasonable because we have to assume this is years and years later. So like, for him to like finally accept, like, you know what? It's not going to happen. And even if it did, what would that mean for everything? And all these people he's met and all the friends he's got around him at this camp, like, what would that mean for all of them if he was to do that? So right. to choose to stay and just fight for their future, I think is 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 a fine choice. I did love that the characters were Mako and Lamar. Yeah, that was a great little touch. Very good nod. 
Yeah. Um, I looking around the camp, you can see a lot of familiar faces. There is the oh, annoying yeah. creature is sitting in the camp. Um, there are uh, yeah, just fucking pretty much everyone. Everyone that he's ever like befriended is there. The the three blind archers I think are there. Brennan, I have a list for you. Oh, thank uh, God. Not it's not a extensive list, but there's some highlights. Uh, yes, the annoying creature is there. The three blind archers are there in their human form. Yep, in their weird gingerbread man form. Yeah, they're odd. Yeah, long penis neck <laughs> head situations. Uh, Dust Samurai is there. Uh, X-Tor, the creator yep. of the Ultra Robots, is there. Uh, also, Leonard Nimoy is there. <laughs> I don't oh, know I didn't even notice. That. No. Yeah, it looks like one of the characters is just straight up like Spock. I would believe that. I didn't Looked notice like that. tried to sneak that in for some reason, <laughs> which is very funny. Uh, but of course, you know, you can't have this this sort of roll call of all of the Samurai Jack characters without having the Scotsman there who is now like a elderly Scotsman, just as Jack mm-hmm. has aged. The Scotsman is now, you know, much, much older and is like Jack's right hand man in this yep. like battle encampment, like helping him make plans. And that makes sense. That checks out. Yeah, that that totally would make sense. And it's fun. Like the the, the again, they make the point that like Aku's house transports every 30 yep. days and kind of like the whole conceit of what they're doing here is they finally cracked the code on figuring out exactly where it's going to be. Yep. So Jack is, yeah, leading his, his hordes of allies into battle into where this house is soon to appear into. Yeah. What will be like the final assault on, on Aku's house. Um, but yeah, again, kind of left very much, open-ended as to, you know, what will truly be the end for Jack? Like, is he going to stay in the future? Like, it seems like he said he was going to. Yeah. Um, will he finish this fight and then, like, kind of go back and save the people that he was originally meant to? Um, there's a very conspicuous absence of the Time Portal Guardian in this issue. So, again, it's like trying yeah. to, like, leave you remembering that without walking you through the steps of, like, how that would have actually gone. Yeah, because like the idea that they presented in that episode is that he would go back to that portal around this time. So maybe they're implying that he would face off against Aku, and once Aku is defeated here, then he would be allowed to use the time portal. Like maybe, yeah, it's, maybe it's up that's to you. It. Yeah, there's no, there's no definitive answer. Maybe that vision of Jack that he sees in the portal, uh, in that episode, is yeah, literally Jack leading these these hordes of allies into battle. That's that's kind of what I took from it. Yeah, that was this this scene, even though I think he's on a horse in the, yeah. in the portal thing, but yeah, whatever. It's all good. Um, it's kind of unclear why Jack is like a king at this point, yeah, like they, why they he's even wearing that. a crown. Like he's not some sort of, I mean, he is royalty. We know, you know, he's literally royalty, but like, would he thing, wear a like crown if someone presented one to him? No, like, doesn't seem like he would want to do that. And he's even very reluctant to like tell his story to Mako. Cause he's like, my words are not interesting, but like if they help inspire others to do something like, I guess you might as well write them down. Although Jack at this point in his life is like much more outspoken. He gives a very rousing, like yeah. brave heart speech to his, yeah. his, his allies here in the camp. Um, so Jack is definitely a changed man at this point in his life, but that is, um, Brendan, that's that's kind of it for the final issue. Um, you know, I guess I don't I don't have a problem with them leaving it sort of 
open-ended. I yeah. It does feel weird, just like you said, how like the ending people want is probably like Jack going back to the past, as has yeah. always been promised. And I guess maybe like the authors of this didn't feel like it was like that's like their story necessarily to and I think, tell. Yeah. I think that's fair. Like it's one thing to break the sword and do some cool shit with the sword. It's a completely other thing to to finish the story, to to put an end to Aku, to, to like to cement the final moments. Yeah. Like this is literally yeah, exactly how it ends. Yeah. yeah. That I think that I think maybe. that is a much bigger leap than just fucking with the sword for a, a volume. But maybe with how well they did that whole fucking with the sword volume, like maybe Maybe we they could have, yeah. Yeah, I I would be interested to see like what they could have done. With this that. was pretty soon after that though, so maybe they still weren't confident in how fucking badass the the sword <laughs> one was. In any case, yeah, that is the final issue in this entire Tales of the Wandering Warrior series, Brendan. So uh, overall, it's uh, yeah, I I think we're kind of both in agreement that like the two bigger storylines that we run through like the two kind of full mm-hmm. volume stories that we run through are both really good solid additions that feel like they could have been part of the show itself yeah for sure then everything beyond that like there are some bits that feel like kind of familiar to like the one-off stories that we have in samurai jack but like a lot of other things that are kind of a little forgettable at times yeah yeah there's a few issues that just feel like filler uh, mostly i think in uh the scotsman's curse i think the two of yeah. those were the weakest of them all some of the ones in this volume uh weren't as good but i still think were more interesting than just like the gravity well or the the cave of jack's reflections like right uh, but they were all very cool it was, it was very cool to see more of the story before they wrapped it up and took it where they are probably going to take it. I don't know where they take it, but I imagine it's darker and grittier since it was on Adult Swim instead of Cartoon Network. Um, although at the time, uh, when I had been originally pitched the the comic, when somebody told me that it existed, because uh, I it came up in conversation where I was like, ah, oh, yeah, Jack was great, but it, it never ended. Uh, it, this was always pitched to me as the comics kind of ended it. Yeah, uh, and I don't know that I would agree with that. No. It's it's a better place to leave it than the show. Um, yeah, well. But it's I would not call it an ending. I would not suggest this to somebody. I would suggest it as like, well, there's more. Uh, it's right. but it's not an ending. Um, it's supplemental. Yeah, uh, and it's good. A lot of it is very good. I would recommend reading all of them. I would if if you had to skip one, I would skip the Scotsman's Curse. But I would agree. Uh, I would recommend most of them. Pretty much everything else that happens in here, I I think is good supplemental material. Like the f- the very final issue is kind of like taking a step into like the mm-hmm. the future of Samurai Jack and kind of working towards an end game. Um, so like. If you kind of take that one out, like you can kind of think like, yeah, like there are some really big storylines, which is the thing in Samurai Jack. And then there are some just like fun diversions yeah, that happen. And, and that's fine. Um, I having read them all at once, uh, I think is better than if I had. I think earlier I mentioned Ooh, yeah. if I had like subscribed to this, if I had a hold order on these comics at my yep. local shop and like I was going and picking them up every month or month and a half or whatever. A few of these would have really disappointed me. There would have been times you would have been very pissed off. I would have been like, well, what the fuck am I, what am I paying for? Why, do, why am I doing this? Like, 
it's I, I think the Scotsman's curse has to be like the biggest proponent of that not or not proponent but uh the uh, biggest offender in yep. this regard where like two in a row i would have picked up and been like what the fuck like are we, we might have like canceled yeah is this thing. what we're going to be doing from now on just these one-offs with little to no dialogue <laughs> like and they come back in a, a big bad way immediately in, after that yeah yeah th- volume three um, uh which is you know stellar but yeah i i know exactly what you're trying to say like if i had been following along with these at the time i definitely would have had the exact same it's just like the same exact way that we feel about like jack and the baby even with that being an episode that like we do actually kind of enjoy um but like if we had been paying super serious close attention to samurai jack as it was airing and that had been the final episode for us for 13 years yeah jesus christ fucking we'd hell. probably be as pissed as a lot of people were, were about yeah. that <laughs> Um, but I guess us being able to consume all of that in a very quick format here mm. um, definitely, I think, helps ease that yeah. sort of blow. I read I read all four of these in like a matter of like maybe three hours total. So like if even. They're, they're they're quick reads, and yeah. you, which is to be expected with Samurai Jack, a show with very little dialogue and like these comics. I feel like there's not a ton of dialogue. So like you can kind of get through a lot of it very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I think we would both definitely, you know, recommend this to people if they have the means yeah. to, you know, these are all, we both read these, uh, through Amazon's, uh, comiXology service. Mm-hmm. You know, all of these are available if you even do a free trial to their comiXology. Yep. I actually, I, something, I don't know if it was something going on with mine, but I had to sign up for a free trial for comiXology and Kindle oh, to read okay. all four of them. But oh, still, two weird. free trials to to read all four of them. Uh, I read them on the piece. Kindle app. Yeah, I will read a couple more comics and then get rid of it. And then off you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But this was a fun thing. I was glad to have finally read all of these uh, after having not done that, even after watching the whole show and like these years later being like, well, I know these are not canonical, but like it would be kind of fun to see like more Jack stories. Yeah. And yeah. I'm I want that. I finally have. I want to try to touch on anything that adds a bit more story. Um, and we probably won't do an episode on those other two comics you mentioned. Maybe, maybe, maybe yeah, after we'll see. season five or something around the time we do the video game. They're fun. Um, They're worth a read. Yeah, I, I definitely want to do the video game. Yes, we won't do that probably till after season five, though, because I think it no. picks up from the end of season five. Correct. Um, and there's a board game, but I, I don't I doubt that has any story relevance. So maybe. Brendan, all I would say is don't look too much into it because there's some spoilers in the board game. Yep. That did that come out after five? It came out, I feel like during five or maybe after five. But there oh. are some things in there that are maybe not even so much spoilers, but like there's characters that are depicted in that board game in such oh. a way that are like kind of spoiler. I had kind of assumed that it had been a board game for a long time. Like it was one of those things that came out way back. <laughs> like I, uh, I there's not much I can say. All right, that's fine. Uh, I morning. don't I don't imagine that that will actually add anything to the story, though. So no, whether whether but- we do that or not is kind of up in the air. I yeah, I don't know. It's it's like I like we said at the top of this episode, you know, is anyone covering Samurai Jack as thoroughly as us out there right now? I <laughs> goddamn don't think so. Yeah, maybe we were maybe we're obligated now. I think yeah, it's it's in our contracts to sort of <laughs> dive into every single thing just as we did with every single issue yeah. of the Samurai Jack Tales of the Wandering Warrior comic book and I think yeah. we're better off for it. Tune into our YouTube uh, channel next month when we uh, review every Samurai Jack Funko Pop figure. 
Uh, Brennan, that absolutely will not be happening. Uh, but thank you for introducing that idea into the world. Um, anyway, before I give you a, a chance to say some other dumb shit like that, I'm going to sign off. We'll, we'll see you next time, re- readers. Bye. Bye.